Welcome to the Losing Weight with Fasting and Mindful Eating podcast. I am your host, Monika Banach, an advanced practice nurse and a weight loss coach. I am so grateful for you taking the time to listen to today's episode. Hello everyone, it's been a little bit over a year since I have started my fasting focus weight loss transformation in April 2020 is when I started. So I wanted to give you guys an update on my progress and how I am maintaining weight loss, how I manage vacations and so forth. Now it is so much more than just weight loss for me. I choose to live this fasting-focused lifestyle to feel good, to have the maximum energy, and to continue to age backwards. Most people who do not know my age never guess it correctly. So send me your guesses through IGDM and let me know what your guess is. Ten years ago, I actually looked older than I look now when I was overweight and 250 pounds. So... There's something about fasting and just obviously being leaner and healthier that ages you backwards. As always, disclaimer, as a medical professional, I have to say this. Everything discussed here is based on my personal experience and knowledge. None of this is medical advice. The content in this episode is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. So always seek the advice of your physician with any questions that you may have. And if you're enjoying my podcast, please take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps spread the word and it really helps me continue making these podcasts for free. It does cost money to produce these podcasts and get them edited. So your support would be greatly appreciated. So in episode one of my podcast, I discuss in detail my protocol that I followed during the first three months of weight loss. And during those first three months is where I lost the majority of my weight. I'm not going to go over it in detail here, but I will quickly summarize it just to give you guys an idea of how my fasting protocol has evolved. So if you want to watch or listen to the full episode, I will include the link to the episode in the description section. So I came across fasting after trying pretty much every diet known to men. And lastly, the ketogenic diet, which I was very successful on when I stuck to the no-carb protocol. I think I lost like 30 pounds in maybe a year. But then as soon as I started to eat carbs again, I literally blew up like a balloon. I was so fed up with regaining the weight after going back to eating carbs again that I felt completely defeated and had no interest in starting another diet. Somewhere along the way, uh, I think it was like 2019, I stumbled upon prolonged fasting and I was so fascinated by the idea of not only being able to lose weight, but most importantly, healing my body from all the damage that I have done over the years through yo-yo dieting, 
drinking alcohol, binge eating, junk food, but also the anti-aging effects of fasting. Like I mentioned, the older you get, the more importance you put on things like aging backwards, looking better as you age, right? I also had a lot of health issues too at that moment. I had like gut dysbiosis, hormone imbalances after being on birth control since I was 18, anxiety, some depression, definitely insulin sensitivity being 250 pounds, obviously, high blood pressure. When I started, my blood pressure was 140 systolic, that's the higher number, and 90 diastolic, the lower number. And just for the non-medical people out there, I want to explain what those numbers mean because I often have, even my patients are, are asking, they're confused about what, what those numbers mean. So systole, the higher number in your blood pressure reading is the blood pressure when you're when the heart is contracting. So it measures the pressure in your arteries when your heart beats. So normal systolic blood pressure is usually less than 120 millimeters of mercury, MMHG, MMHG. And the second number is called the diastolic blood pressure and it measures the pressure in your arteries when your heart rests between the beats. And normal diastolic is usually less than 80 mHg, millimeters of mercury. So having high blood pressure for prolonged periods of time can cause heart ringing and thickening of your arteries, which can lead to heart attack, also stroke, and other complications. High chronic blood pressure can cause your arteries to age faster and hypertension is often called the silent killer because it doesn't often cause symptoms so people don't feel like they need to make an effort to lower it. So if you don't regularly check your blood pressure, start doing it. You can get those blood pressure measurement thingies super cheap on Amazon or whatever else or just go to like Walgreens or or another pharmacy and you can measure it there. I have patients that take blood pressure medications and they have no idea what their blood pressure is. They never measure it. So going back to last year, I lost 32 pounds in my first month by doing rolling 48s and 72s. That means I would fast for 48 hours, refeed for about one to two hours with a low carb meal and then jump right into a 72-hour fast, refeed for one to two hours. And I also walked 10 miles per day. I did not do any weight training during the first month because the gyms were closed. That's when we first started the quarantine here in Nashville, Tennessee. And often people get so stuck on like, whoa, why didn't you weight train? What's wrong with weight training? There's nothing wrong with weight training. So I want to address that here. It's your personal choice. If you want to weight train, go ahead and do it. Nothing wrong with that. For me personally, because the gyms were closed, I just wanted to focus on walking and I didn't really have any weight stuff. I could have done like body weight stuff, but I just didn't feel like it. And if the gyms were open, maybe would have done some weight training on my refeed days, but Frankly, I'm glad that I didn't have to worry about it and just focus on my walks. 
Sometimes if you give people too much to focus on when they're first starting off, they just get so overwhelmed and then just quit. So if you're new to fasting and you have not been a regular gym goer, perhaps just start slowly and start incorporating some walks and don't overwhelm yourself because you'll be, you are more likely to quit if you just change too much in your daily schedule. Another question that comes to mind when people ask me if they should weight train when they're fasting. Well, it depends. If you feel good and you have the energy, sure, go ahead and fast. But if you don't feel good, you're tired, you don't have the energy, don't, because you're more likely to injure yourself. Personally, I usually just weight train on my refeed days and the day after my refeed. If I'm doing like a five-day fast, I might weight train on the first two days. I often take the third day off because I know that's the hardest day for me for whatever reason. And then like usually day four and five, but always day five, I'm full of energy. So I actually enjoy hitting the gym when I'm fasted. Again, it depends on you. Your experience and how you feel is your personal thing. I can't dictate like, oh yeah, go go and do this or go do that. You know your body best. Yes, I can push you and tell you to do certain things, but if you feel tired, you just it's your first 72-hour fast, just focus on just light walking and just fasting. There isn't a hard rule as far as like what's wrong, what's right, as far as like working out. Will you build big muscles while fasting and weight training? Eh, probably not, but you won't lose muscle either. So again, do what's right, what feels right for you. My second and third month, I had some weight loss stalls and I had to change my fasting routine a little bit. I incorporated more OMAD days, one meal a day. And then I would incorporate like a 72-hour fast or maybe a 48-hour fast. And I think I did a couple five-day fasts. Again, your body is so smart that it will adjust to whatever you're doing for a prolonged period of time. So it's important to change things up when it comes to your workouts, your diet, and your fasting protocol. So keep that in mind. I did start weightlifting the second and third month, just kind of light, like second month it was more like light workouts, and then third month I hit it a little bit harder. So during the first three months, I dropped 57.2 pounds. Again, if you want to know the details of exactly how I did it, go back and listen to my episode one. I did some on and off fasting during 2019, but I wasn't consistent with it. I would fast, then I would binge eat. I was stuck in this vicious cycle of losing 20 pounds, regaining 15 pounds over and over. And I couldn't understand why my mind kept going back to binge eating after I've done all this healing to my body through fasting. I did a little bit more digging deep into the mind, and I realized that a lot of my binge eating was boredom, old habits, emotions, some emotions that I was holding in, and I needed to really work on that mental part of weight loss. After the initial weight loss, I continued to maintain my weight by doing mostly OMAD 
And I would throw in like a 48-hour fast or maybe a 72-hour fast every couple of weeks, depending on my scale. My goal was not to go over five pounds weight gain. And whenever I got to about close to that five pounds, I immediately jumped into a 72-hour fast. Before going on vacations, I would incorporate, almost, almost always, I would incorporate like a three-day fast before going on vacation. And I would allow myself to eat whatever I wanted to with like an OMAD or two mat schedule, two meals per day or one meal per day. And then after vacations, I would jump into a 72-hour fast, not only to drop the excess weight, but mainly to rebalance my serotonin, the happy chemical, and the dopamine, the pleasure receptor after drinking alcohol, eating sugar, eating carbs. So I wouldn't crave that stuff. That worked so well for me. When you consume any substance of abuse, including like sugar, alcohol, and whatever other stuff, your brain reward system, which is called the mesolimbic dopamine system, gets activated. Those substances disrupt your dopamine level in the brain. That's why you crave those substances after ingestion, because your brain is trying to rebalance the serotonin and dopamine levels. In December last year, 2020, I gained, I was close to almost 10 pounds gain. And that was mainly due to starting to drink again. I realized, I knew this, but I realized even more so that alcohol is a trigger for me. It triggers me to crave carbs. Plus, as we know, alcohol is mostly sugar, and it often stops your fat burning for up to 72 hours as your liver is trying to get rid of this toxin. One of the reasons I recommend to most of my clients and people I talk to to refrain from alcohol is because, especially during a weight loss transformation, is that whenever you ingest alcohol, it is the first fuel to burn So while that's going on in your body, you are not going to burn fat. So it postpones your weight loss significantly. Even like, let's say you drink every day, every time you refeed, every time you drink, you are stopping the fat burning. Big part of my weight loss success was staying away from this trigger called alcohol. And I didn't drink for eight months after starting my weight loss journey, and I'm not really sure why I went back. I think because it's such a social pressure thing, like everybody drinks, and if you don't drink, it's like, what's wrong with you? So this was a great reminder why, A, I cannot go back to the old ways of eating, drinking, living. I could see myself easily regaining all the weight I lost if I went back to my old ways. I don't have a specific protocol that I currently follow. I kind of go by my scale, and that is not to obsess with my scale. I use it in a healthy way. I use it as a measurement of like, okay, I give myself about five pounds leeway and then jump into a fast if I go over that. I typically stick to OMAD or TUMAD, and then I incorporate a longer fast, anywhere from two days to five days, depending on how I feel. I don't force the fasting, meaning sometimes 
I plan to do like a three-day fast and my body feels great on that fast. But then there's times where I'm already stressed out about work or personal stuff and I find that I don't do well fasting during those stressful times. It is best, in general, it is best to approach fasting when you don't have a ton of stress going on in your life because fasting alone can be a stressor and it can increase your cortisol when you are already stressed out. So, yeah, I wish there was an exact protocol that I could give you, but there isn't. You have to find what works for you. You have to figure out your triggers and you need to avoid them at all costs. I recently chatted with a friend of mine and her trigger is peanut butter. She cannot control peanut butter. If she has a jar of peanut butter at home, she will eat it all. And she has many times. (laughs) So in her situation, for example, instead of keeping a jar of peanut butter at home, maybe have like individual peanut butter pockets and don't just keep them at the eyesight maybe freeze them and then when you want to eat one during the day take one out and let it defrost you'll be less likely to just like binge eat on those because it takes some time to (laughs) defrost and hopefully by the time it defrosts you're not gonna you're not gonna be craving it like you were at the moment so Like if your trigger is an alcohol like mine, don't keep it at home where it is easily accessible. And on a Friday night when you feel stressed and you want to have a couple of glasses of wine and then, you know, next thing you know, it turns into a bottle, right? So if you're struggling with alcohol and social pressure to drink, I would encourage you to read a book called This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. It's something that has really helped me. I tend to reread it every time I get go back into drinking and I want to stop. It really goes into depth about the problems in our lives that are caused by alcohol and it really helps you helps to motivate you not to drink. And I like I said I re-listen to this book on Audible every time I want to stop drinking again. Our society makes us believe how amazing alcohol is. It is literally everywhere everywhere around us, constantly conditioning our subconscious mind, making us believe that we need it in order to feel social, to feel attractive, to feel good. But it is a big lie. Alcohol doesn't make you feel good. It doesn't help depression or anxiety. It actually makes it worse and it masks it. Alcohol is very addictive. You don't have to have like alcoholic genes in order to be addicted to alcohol. Alcohol is the third largest cause of death in the United States. About 80,000 deaths per year are related to alcohol. And not to mention, it is very expensive. Average drinker can spend $400,000 in their lifetime on alcohol. So just kind of give you like perspective, and this is from the book, This Naked Mind. Illegal drugs kill 327 people per week. Prescription drugs kill 442 people per week. And alcohol kills 1692 people per week. 1692. That's triple. 
And alcohol eventually sneaks up on you, no matter how smart or successful you are. It is one of the most addictive drugs and the only drug out there that you have to make excuses why you don't want it. Nia Watson and I talked about alcohol and our weight loss journey in episode 29. So check it out. It's a really, really good episode. Such a great discussion with her. She's awesome. So some of you know, some of my upcoming physique goals is to do a bikini or maybe wellness competition this year. I'm currently training with a coach who thankfully, thankfully understands fasting focused lifestyle and she allows me to fast here and there. Most of the coaches that I have interviewed immediately have dismissed fasting as starvation. You can see me, but I'm doing a big eye roll here. Yes, there's still so much misinformation about fasting out there. So do your research. Don't just listen to the naysayers. And of course, just like with anything else in life, too much fasting and too much autophagy can be bad too. So keep that in mind. I often see people use fasting as a punishment for binge eating, and that's not okay. It actually makes your binge eating worse. Fasting should not be approached with thoughts of punishment. Take breaks from fasting. Experiment with different protocols. It's not one fits all. But one thing you have to remember, you cannot go back to the old way of eating. If you are someone that eats all day long and you fast for 48, 72 rolling situation for one month, and let's say you drop 30 pounds, if you go back to eating all day long, you are going to regain all the weight and maybe more. So keep that in mind. This yo-yo, it's just so unhealthy and it is so, so hard on your psyche. Trust me, I know because that's what I did the first year when I started experimenting with, with fasting in 2019. I would go from fasting hard to feeling super deprived and then binging. It was just, it was awful. I felt, I felt terrible. So how did I overcome this binge eating situation? Well, I started to be more mindful about my refeeds and really working on why, why am I binge eating? Oftentimes we just mindlessly reach for food because we are trying to not think about the emotions that are going on in our in our mind, in our body, and we just impulsively reach for something to keep our mind busy from whatever else is going on in your life. And there might not be anything going on in your life. It could be just boredom. It could be just the old habits. You could just be bored. Friday night, I'm bored. You're watching TV and you always reach for something to keep your hands busy, like chips or something salty. So again, it's changing those little habits that you have built for years. And yes, you're going to go through lots of trials and errors. I still do. I still have moments where I'm like, I have to catch myself, be like, oh, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? So I love to journal. Journaling and meditation has helped me significantly in this journey. But yeah, just try it out. It's, you know, trial and error. Just try different things. What works for me might not work for you. 
what works for you might not work for somebody else. So don't just, it's okay to like ask people like, oh, hey, what did you do? What did you do? And I often, even on our fasting group on Facebook, people are always like, oh, what's the best protocol to lose this much? Try it. Try whatever protocol. Oftentimes there are these people out there that are looking for this perfect protocol, but they haven't tried anything. They haven't even fasted over 24 hours. So go and try something. Go Try OMAD. See how your body responds. Try rolling 72-48. See how your body responds. Don't just be going out there searching for the perfect protocol because somebody lost this much weight or that much weight. And yes, you can copy different people's protocols and they might work for you, but then they might not. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Message me on my Instagram at fit.fat.hotaf if you have any questions and send me your guesses on my age and have happy fasting. Have an amazing day. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, share it on your social media, and be sure to leave a review on iTunes. Follow Monica on Instagram at fit.fat.hotaf and on Twitter at fitfathotaf.